You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferris. Now, here's Spike. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Uh, can you hear the, uh, hear the noise, hear the ambiance? Well, uh, we've left a seat open for you, the listener. And today, Spike's Car Radio is in Carson, California, at the Porsche Experience Center for the 70th anniversary Porsche party. Um, and we've got some Porsche uh, royalty with us today. We've got Daniel Ambrewster, President and CEO of Porsche Motorsports North America, and Jeff Swart. Um, but Zuckerman, Zuckerman didn't make it down here today. He, uh, he had the worst of all excuses. Uh, he had to uh, prepare for a family birthday <laughs> and, and a trip to uh, Sicily. And he's missing out on a massive Porsche bash. There's, you know, there's 200 cars in the parking lot, beautiful little Porsches. Out here, they're giving drives to everybody. Uh, if you haven't been out to the Experience Center, you've got to check it out. It's, it's amazing. You, uh, before you buy one of these cars, you can get in it, see what it does. And uh, there's no way you're not going to be buying a car. And Zuckerman, you know, he won't listen to this. But you guys, when you, when you tell, see Zuckerman, you know what to tell him. He's an idiot for not coming down here today. And, and by the way, he's going to Sicily, where uh, I'm guessing there's someone there who's going to try to kill him. <laughs> he said his plan is to wake up every morning uh, and have a two-hour breakfast and get fat. And, well, I say, before he even left, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Anyways. Hi, guys. Hello. Jeff Swart has just sat down. Daniel Ambrewster. All right. Who's going to... First of all, Jeff, I have to ask you this question. Because it's it's very unclear to me. Are you on the Porsche payroll? What what <laughs> what what is your function here? Are you a fan? Are you a paid ambassador? Do you seriously? Because I because you're an accomplished racer, you're uh, an accomplished director, and then I see you at all of these events. What what's um, the deal? I think the deal is that I tell Porsche never worry how much money you're spending with me because I'm always <laughs> spending more money with you. So, so you're their you're their director, let's say, of media. Uh, I know. I you know I've had the uh, you know I've had the guess the privilege really of 
taking advertising assignments literally for over 30 years from Porsche and it started in print and now it's a lot of TV things and short films so you know the advertising side of it obviously has been a big part of what I do with Porsche and then the other side of it is the racing and you know the racing's kind of taken me all over the world with Porsche doing the Trans-Siberia event with uh, Cayenne's and leading the U.S. team for that event and then also going and uh, running at Pikes Peak so and I've that's kind of been the event that I've most based around, but rallying, road racing, almost all forms of Porsche <laughs> racing I've been able to do along the way. But my focus is Pikes Peak. And is it every every weekend you're at a Porsche event? <laughs> every single weekend? <laughs> yeah, you're I at Luft. You're, you're just everywhere. Well, the and funny, now you're here. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is that... You know, even when I'm not at Porsche events, my office is generally in the back of a Cayenne uh, chasing some other brand car down a road somewhere in the world. So uh, even my office is a Porsche. So definitely cool. around a lot of stuff. Well, for uh, there are a lot of folks listening from around the world. There are a lot of folks who never make it out here to California to see this Porsche thing that goes on out here. Fill us in just on what this is. We're, we're celebrating 70 years. Specifically, what are we celebrating here? Patrick? I mean, Daniel, do you want to you want to answer that question? Yeah, and speak close to the mic yeah. there, so we can all so, hear you. Um, Seventy years ago, um, um, Ferry Porsche uh, developed the the first or registered uh, the for the first three fifty six Porsche sports car, and um, uh, this year we will uh, celebrate that, and um, that's the basis uh, and the beginning of the sports car Porsche sports car. And um, as you know, after the three fifty six, the nine eleven was launched. The um, the next generation, and um, even today we are um, producing 911s. We we are racing with 911s, and um, I think that's a success story. And we want to show um, show and share this uh, success story with our um, customers, ambassadors, ambassadors like um, Jeff. And I think it's a it's a um, very good story to tell. And so 1948 is the first car that they put out. What is that a Gamund car? The, yeah, the actual first car was was, the, was, was a Roadster, one. yeah, okay. which is really chassis number one as it's right. referred to. After that, you know, they started producing the 356-2, which was essentially the Gamund. And the Gamund came along and uh, they produced approximately 50 of those out of the sawmill in Austria. And uh, once those 50 were finished, then it went on. They took 11 of those chassis that were not completed on to Zuffenhausen when they set up the factory actually in Stuttgart. And it was one of those chassis that went on to win at Le Mans, win the class at Le Mans in 1951, which really set the stage for what Daniel does today yeah. of uh, managing motorsport for Porsche here in North America. And is this the base for, for motorsport? I, you know, when you come to the Porsche Experience Center, there are many beautiful cars inside on display. There are always different cars here. But then there's this mechanics bay where they're doing work on legit old race cars and new race cars. Mm -hmm. what, what is it? What is it? What's going on over there day to day? Is, is that it? Could I bring my 919 if I own one here <laughs> to get worked on? Or is this only Porsche factory stuff? Uh, so, so the headquarter is definitely in in Weissach, in the heart of uh, R&D, and there we we are developing al also GT cars. So the GT street cars are developed in the motorsports department. I think that's also part of the success story. And um, on this basement, um, we are building and designing the um, the, the race cars. 
Lots of them are produced in Flach directly, or um, some of them, the cup car, for example, in Zuffenhausen. And uh, we here are responsible for the North American market, and um, are, we are focused on customer racing. Wow. Well, you guys got people dead here. <laughs> Once you come here, there's n you have no choice but to give Porsche your money <laughs> and buy one of these cars. And we, you know, we have a lot to talk about. I want to get... This is a big year, obviously. Rennsport reunion is when? October? Uh, September. September. Yeah. So right after Monterey Pebble yeah. Beach Car Week. Um, what? Tell us a little bit about that event. You know, what what's planned for Rennsport right uh, now? Do uh, is there stuff we can talk about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's certainly the history of Rennsport. And Rennsport's uh, open to the public, yeah, right? Rennsport's Anybody open can come to the down. public. You don't have to own a Porsche. Obviously, it's one big Porsche family inside there. But and it's uh, really a celebration closer. of the race cars. It's a, it's motorsport focused for sure so and i'm actually just finishing up a book that will be out at uh, rensport about the first five of them so it started uh you know in humble beginnings in uh, lime rock connecticut you know not far from where max hoffman's showroom was on manhattan so that was the first event and then it moved to have a little more heritage for porsche to tell that story so it went to daytona had two events at Daytona, and then eventually it kind of needed to move to the Porsche-centric side of the U.S., which was uh, the West Coast, and it ended up in Monterey at Laguna Seca, so it's had two events there. But at the last event in 2015, I think there were over 60,000 people that attended it, making it one of the largest events that are held at, at Laguna Seca, and uh, it is ongoing, so it's a, a great celebration of motorsport, the people involved with it, you know, the the uh, number of drivers from Porsche's history that shows up there is just amazing. Yeah, and it's a chance for you to hear these beautiful old cars going around the track at speed. 9083s, 917s, 907s. You know, it's it's really it really enriches your experience. I mean, we see these cars all the time. We see the die-cast models. But then when you see the guys hooning them around the track and really doing the deal, right, without really worrying and racing them, it, it changes your perspective on the, on the whole, whole thing. It's a high-speed concourse, yeah, <laughs> which is uh, it is. special. And it, it's, is it all just Laguna Seca? Is it all right there? or It's, it's centralized out of the racetrack there. And they have created you know corrals for the modern cars the vintage cars from the street standpoint right. and then the paddock is obviously filled to the gills you know with every I, point of I prefer it so much because I like cars in motion you know we all like these car shows but after about 30 45 minutes I'm like nothing's moving <laughs> and I'm just talking to guys in cargo shorts <laughs> I, that's not what I came here for I came here to, to see and hear these cars and, you know, I, I was just in Italy for Villa d'Este for the Concours there. And, you know, what's lovely about that event is they have a lot of movement in this event. Not only the cars sitting there, but then they, they drive them down this, this cobblestone path and they talk about them. And you get to hear them fired up. You get to smell them. You know, it, it, it enriches the experience. So Rensport, if you haven't seen this, you really have to, uh, if you're only going to go to one thing this year, I would blow off the Pebble Beach Concord this year and go to Rensport Reunion. If you can do both, it's definitely worth doing. But you have to see this. This is a bucket list Porsche show. It used to be every four years, right? Now it's every two. Yeah. Every it's like the Olympics. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's actually changing up. So I think the last one was 2015. Actually, right. So. And is it always going to be up in Northern California? Is, is that the plan? 
so far. I think yes, yeah. Because it, it used to be in different places, right? Yeah, I would imagine that, you know, once uh, Laguna Seca is kind of played out, there's certainly other uh, tracks that could tell a story, you know, like a Watkins Glen or a, mm-hmm. a Road America. But, uh, you know, having the center of really kind of Porsche's sales in the U.S. West Coast is really makes it a very popular place right. to have it. Right. And this is their biggest market? Yeah. Next okay. to China? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to step up our game. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be them. Um, what else is planned for our 70th anniversary celebration? It seems like there. Every time I'm on Instagram, there are events all around the United States, and yeah. it's kind of hard to keep track of. Are there events like this? This is. I mean, what would we yeah. call this that we're at right now? Is this a cars and coffee? It seems a little more than that. It's a sports it's, it's, car yeah. together yeah, it's moment. A, yeah, and we all, um, have the same one um, at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta. We have also um, dealers who are involved and who are celebrating 70 years. So there are lots of um, different activities around. Let me ask you this, since you're Porsche Motorsports, am I ever going to get an RSR? <laughs> Is there ever going to be an RSR that jumps from your room into my garage? Depends on your money. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys make so many beautiful cars. Maybe you can... I've always had questions. I don't know a lot about the race cars, but I've always wondered in the cup cars why they had that kind of broomstick shifter instead of the paddle shifters, which seems so much easier to use. Yeah, but what, what, what was the thinking there? Today we have the paddle shifts um, since several years. So with the 991, we um, changed from stick shift to paddle shift. It's much more um, convenient, and uh, it, it's more for uh, you. You also find them in uh, in the uh, the prototypes, for example, and um, that's that's racing, more racing, race feeling, and um, also with the GT4s, we already have um, these pedal shifts in G- in our GT4s. Right, but what what was the thinking behind this big shifter? Just not knowing anything about a race car, you know, when yeah. you when you have this thing that you're pushing and pulling like that. I think is it, it, is it, it's, a, it's a sequential shifter? Sequential shifter. Yeah. And so I it's think faster it's, shifter, but, and is the big, the big shifter well, was just to make it easier in case yeah, you were... It was something that was close to the steering wheel. Right. It was sequential, so you knew when you were pulling back, you were going forward, and when you were pushing right. forward, you were kind you of were tapping down. it. Right, right. And I think, as Daniel can maybe explain a little better, it was the way to most directly connect you to the transmission. Okay. So it was a very direct situation to run that into the transmission in a very natural way and then you know paddles are a natural evolution of that yeah it took me i drove i think a brumos 4.0 with it and yeah. it took me a little while to get used to it i yeah. liked it there was the hitting down and then yeah. the pulling up and it, it it was you know it was just different it was a very yeah. different thing and i've always wondered why why that decision yeah i think that there's also a safety issue because if you have a manual um, gear shift or manual direct um, connection you can miss miss uh, shift for uh-huh. example with the electrical ones it you have a, a weight av- advantage you have more um, software behind that you can um, um, design f- f- um, fall safe um, s- uh, functions so um, we also can avoid um, with that um, um, blowed up uh, gearboxes, and that's very um, expensive. And um, so it, it's, it becomes a little bit more bulletproof, and um, it's more convenient for the driver. Wow. Yeah. So, so tell us, what's going on in motorsports? What's, what are Porsche's plans this year? Are we already in the middle of it? Where are we yeah. competing? What are you worried about? What are you thinking about? What keeps you up at night? 
Yeah, we, we already um, spoke about the historic cars and um, we want to keep them alive and that means we also have to provide the services for these cars and we have to provide um, spare parts and that's really um, difficult because we, we are run down with, uh, with spare parts and we have a project in, in Weisser for example, we are reproducing old parts for the 917, 962. Really? And, um, so Even like the little wood shifter? Can I buy one of those? That's the only part I can afford. <laughs> how, and how do you do that? With 3D printing technology to make that? It no, it's die cast. Normally die cast and we try to keep as um, close as the former production ways. So um, in, in general, it's, it will be a, a real uh, and original Porsche part. Um, but um, sometimes we also have to um, to change the materials because of, of the, mm -hmm. the, the requirements. Wow! Um, but but in general, we want to keep as close as possible, and um, we analyzed all our spare parts for the 970, 962, and um, found the bottlenecks. And now we um, are already or have already released new uh, toolings for these parts, and um, pretty soon we we are at the um, the dyno where we have a dur durability test to approve everything and wow. then um, we will have new parts, new old parts or new vintage parts with a high Porsche quality. Wow, so when I buy a 917, I just ship it <laughs> off to you and you're <laughs> going to tune it up for me and take yeah, care of it. you're highly welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to drive these old cars? My have you um, driven a 917? Um, me personally? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not, not yet for that. No. <laughs> well, we have to get you in one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the other things that's happening this year, too, is the 919 World Tour, uh -huh. where the 919 has been kind of reconfigured slightly to be an absolute fast beast, and it's traveling the world. Uh, I think you maybe saw the viral video of it driving through downtown New York City. And then, uh, but I it's also going to racetracks and places around the world to kind of mm. see how fast a record it could actually yeah. set. Did I see it going around the Nurburgring somewhere? I thought I saw a shot of it zipping by or something that was Porsche bannered mm. that went by like this. Whoop! Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. went by. So wait, they drove it where in New York City? They, they, uh, there was a video out just a couple weeks ago that were just driving through downtown with the 919. Mm. So oh it was pretty my cool. gosh. This is the first day that I brought my computer with me to the <laughs> podcast, so now I can look at stuff when you're talking about it. They, uh, I drove uh, a Morgan three-wheeler through Times Square, and that almost gave me a heart attack. <laughs> it was in the rain. It was in rush hour traffic. I can't imagine driving this car here. Port here, I'm going to pull it up right now. We're going to have a look. NYC. I want to watch this. How did they deal with the clearance issue? Here it is on road and track if you want to find it. The, uh, of course, Travis Sikulski from roadandtrack.com does a fabulous job of getting everything up that needs to go up. Well, this is just photographs, but wow. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> so you did have to raise the front end yeah, a little it, bit. It looked the like the ride height was slightly higher than when it ran at Le Mans. Oh, but, my uh, God. you got to get through a few potholes and a few rough spots, so it's good. This is awesome. The 919 tribute to New York City. You know, this is really a middle finger extended to Jerry Seinfeld, who <laughs> I have been encouraging to put a license plate on his 917 and drive it to uh, Bills in Malibu. He should. Right? He Bruce Canepa drives his yeah. 917. Yeah. And there was a history of the Martini car in the day running with Georgia plates here in the U.S. So This is tremendous. Now, did you shoot this video? No, I didn't. But uh, J.F. Muskell did it, uh, and he did a nice job on the film. Wow, it looks like he's not driving as fast as he could be driving, but you can you can see the potholes on the road. And there's the, the Panamera right next to it, the Turbo S Sport Turismo. 
Now there's a car. I just drove the uh, Porsche. Let me uh, play with the the Turbo SE Hybrid for a week, and boy did I fall in love with that car. Yeah, Holy good. crap! Good. That is a Tesla and a Turbo S all in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to do some laps at the uh, Experience Center in Atlanta in one, and it was super impressive. But I mean, all the cars today really are. But I love the new shape of the Sport Turismo. Well, yeah, I like that car too. I, I think it's great. I was just uh, really blown away by this the idea that I could. I was driving to work and home on all electric power, right? In traffic, not not polluting, which I liked. And then I, re- my, I, I remember this one drive I took with my business partner. He was in his Dodge Hellcat, and he looked over. He didn't know what I was in because he's an American muscle car guy. And I just went, tink, and I put it on the Sport Plus mode. And I, you know, blew the... I dropped him. Yeah. I dropped him. He was like, what are you driving? I thought it was an electric car. I said, this is two cars, my friend. This is absolutely two cars. But I, I loved everything about that car. Um... And, you know, we should talk about the, this new uh, Mission E, which now has a new name, the Taycan. Is that it? How do you pronounce it? Do we know? You know, the Taycan. Porsche? Taken? No, no. Taken. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's getting mixed reviews on, on the Internet right now, the name, as does most names. Last yeah. one I remember like this was the LaFerrari, and, of yeah. course, now we all love yeah. the, the yeah. Ferrari. To me, when they, they decided to name the, the LaFerrari the LaFerrari, I thought of a little cocktail drink with a little umbrella. That I'll have a LaFerrari. Yeah. The Taycan, I guess it's like Macan, means lively young horse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I, I kind of like the Mission E. I thought that was a pretty good name for this car, but a little, a little like a burrito name, too, like Mission E Burritos. <laughs> Forget about the name. But, you know, what do we know about this car so far? Like, I've seen some impressive stats about charging, right? That yeah. they. We got. This is the fun of doing a live show. You're listening to someone's phone going off right behind us. It's, it was. It was nice. What was that? What was that song? I think it's the Samsung default. The Samsung default. Well, thank you, sir. That was wonderful. Um, what Porsche did that's really cool. Didn't they increase the the voltage to 800 volts for the battery? Is that right? You yeah. go ahead. Tell me what you know about it. 800 volts. Um, we already um, used 800 volts, 850 volts um, with the LMP1 car, and the LMP1 was, let's say, the donator of all these ideas. And um, in former times, um, when we started, we we had um, around about 400, 450 uh, volts, and um, normally you you try to increase the voltage because then you can reduce the current and. Um, and so um, what is a Tesla by comparison? Is that... I think they also have a high voltage um, charging right now because um, you need the high voltage, otherwise um, you um, you need more time. But for, I thought I charging. read something that they increased the voltage so that you could, with one of Porsche's superchargers, charge this car in 10 minutes and get 80 86% of the battery or some yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. That's a game changer, yeah. right? That's Definitely. a real game changer. Mm-hmm. I, w- I mean, I, w- I was already impressed with what the 918 was doing and then the E-Turbo, the, the, I mean, the Panamera Turbo S-E hybrid. You know, to see what they can do with an all-electric car is, is going to be incredible. But what I think we all want is that fast charge, that ability to go to one of these chargers mm-hmm. and fill up in pretty much the same time as you would put gas mm-hmm. in it. Now, wh- when are these cars coming out? Do you guys have any clue when we're going to start seeing these on the road? Um, next year, it will be launched next year. They are, yeah. and you can get it in the Sport Turismo package too. That 
<laughs> oh, we don't know yet. Yeah. But I thought I saw one of these blasting around Malibu last week. You could have. There's some yeah. mules running around somewhere, yeah. but I don't know that there's any here right now. But no, they're I, definitely somebody just there. drove it and reviewed a prototype. Okay. Um, Roadshow or, or somebody. Yeah. Um, and it was a very early car, so they said it wasn't exactly going to be driving like the uh, like the real car was, but that they were you know blown away by it, blown away everything that's happening. Um, all right, well forget about that. I I don't know if you guys have any pull at Porsche. I think we <laughs> ought to go back to the drawing board before this car comes out and come up with another name that that we can pronounce. Is what's the deal with names? It's it's that it has to clear around the world, yeah, right? Yeah, one of the, one of the mm-hmm. things, and every manufacturer goes through it, is what does that word they've right. come up to name their car mean in every market around the world? And a lot of times it'll go like, it'll be a great name all Stay the way. Stay close to that one, mic right there. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times it'll go all the way around the world till gets to this one country and it means <coughs> something bad and they can't use it. So. so And that's hard. So you have yeah. to clear it in every single market. Yeah. And is Porsche in every single market around the world? Is there a market that they don't sell cars? No. 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 It's everywhere. Yeah. So that, that becomes a difficulty. I'm guessing that's why we see so many manufacturers using numbers now instead, yeah. Of, yeah. instead of names. So you'll get used to this, yeah. folks. Interesting um, um, information. Um, due to the Boxster, for example, the Boxster was um, named... Um, by a, it, it was an internal challenge, so employees could um, name or do proposals, and um, um, one of um, our employees won it uh, with the name Boxster. So really, yeah. mm-hmm. and that name was clearable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Because mm-hmm. it is. It's. It's. It was it the Boxer engine that they were. Yeah, that's that's the basis. Um, I that was the basis yeah. of it, and then yeah. they just added the stir to it. Yeah. Who's who is that person? That named I, this I car. I don't know him uh, personally. That's fantastic. <laughs> Whoever you are, well done, sir mm-hmm. or madam. Imagine naming a car like that. Wouldn't that be the best? And, such, and that's one of my favorite cars that Porsche makes. Yeah. I remember getting mine and driving it the very first time. It just it was the first new car that I saved money for. Oh, really? It took me two or three years. And I, but when I saw the concept car, I said, this is the first new one I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I bought it, and I, and I, I still love them. I still think yeah. it's one of the best driving cars that Porsche has. All right. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to have more with Daniel and Mr. Zwart. We're going to talk about this this new Speedster concept uh-huh. that's all over the Internet. And um, my seven-year-old, my eight-year-old, sorry, James, is here to give you a little Zuckerman right now. Give everybody <laughs> a little Zuckerman. Give me the money. <laughs> Give me the money. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. You know what? Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something's always off, you know? Be it the collar, the sleeves, the, you pull your arms and it gets frumpy on one side. It's too tight in the chest, so when you sit down, the, the arms are loose. It's madness. I get mad, at least. Thankfully, ordering a custom shirt has never been easier with proper cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. And as I told you before, I only knew the answers to seven of the questions, and still, my shirt came in perfect. At Propercloth, you can choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, 50 fabric styles from classic to business to casual to completely customize your shirt and get the style that you want 
The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. No more cheap bargain store shirts you can wear only once or twice. Each one of their shirts goes through this extensive quality control testing so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees perfect fit, meaning if that somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. I'll tell you what else, constant updates on your shirts from ordering to where it is getting made in transit and on its way to your house and then delivered which i appreciate i like shirt updates this is the future of shirts people these shirts are made completely custom for you starting at just 80 dollars. your buddy spike wears them so take my word for it and i've got a, a weird lopsided body body the, the customized shirt is the way to go so stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com backslash spike today. Enter gift code spike, S-P-I-K-E, to save $20 on your first shirt. That's propercloth.com backslash spike. And enter gift code spike to save $20 on your first shirt. I'm wearing one right now. Everybody likes free things, right? So help my podcast stay free to download with minimal ads by taking a very quick survey over on Podcast One. Responses will help align the appropriate advertisers to my audience. Maybe there's things I share with all of you that you're not into. Maybe there's things... Well, why Why would I share things that they're not into? Don't, don't talk about that. I'm going to share what I want. But maybe there's things you think I should be talking about. The survey is short and completely anonymous and takes no more than five minutes. There are two easy ways to begin the survey. Go to www.podcastone.com backslash my survey or go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. If you filled a survey out in the past for other shows, we totally appreciate it, but we still need you to do it again. You're doing me a huge favor, me, Spike, a favor, and podcast want a huge favor by filling it out so what are you waiting for get the survey fill it out now and vote zuckerman off the island you're listening to spikes car radio all right we're back with spikes car radio we're here with daniel armbruster president ceo of porsche motorsport north america and mr jeff swart could be our first return guest jeff swart and we're uh, at the porsche experience center um for their uh big uh, cars and coffee event to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Porsche. What it, it's called? It's a very German name, and I can never remember it. It's the sports sports car gathering experience. <laughs> is that what they call this event? Well, but what it what it really means is everybody has driven their beautiful air cooled Porsches here. The uh, the parking lot is just filled with gorgeous cars. There are a bunch of new Porsches out on the racetrack, and they're they're giving driving experiences to everybody. There's good music. Good folks, lots of beer, some delicious sandwiches. I don't see any strudel, but I'm <laughs> sure it's here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Zuckerman is missing all of it, so please feel free to reach out to him on Instagram and give him hell for that. But but my son James is here, and he'll be doing his best uh, Zuckerman impressions. James, get something ready for uh, the end of the show, all right? And we'll. Uh, that's right. I, anyway, you know, guys. Before we get to Porsche Motorsport, because I still I'm still not clear on what you do, and I know you can explain that. We get we have to talk about this speedster concept that's uh, all over the internet. You know, it's so funny that Porsche somehow these rumors get out <laughs> like six months ago, and <coughs> excuse me, I was talking about it on the show, and people are like you're wrong, it's not going to happen. 
because we were talking about it so far in advance. But here it is. Yesterday, there was a, a concept car put out. It's a Speedster concept. It's a uh, modified C4 body with a GT3 engine in it, the 500 horsepower 4.0 that I have in my GT3 Touring. Um, it's modeled after that that old 58 Speedster. They, they, they took pictures with it. What car yeah. is that? That's that the, Jennings the Jennings car? Jennings car, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, got the, it's got the meatball on it, yeah. so that's on the door where you can put your racing number. It's got these, you know, a lot of beautiful little design cues. Like the uh, the bullet mirrors, yeah, the Talbot mirrors. Yeah, now what? Super cool. Have you looked at those? Are those those are brand new, right? Yeah, and super cool because it's kind of like it it transitions through telescopes out. Yeah, Yeah, super cool looking, but it totally harkens back to the uh, Talbot mirrors. I I have those mirrors on my nine oh six, and that's exactly what what those are. And what? And what was the uh, the gas cap? Where did we get that gas cap from? That's probably an early motorsport history there, too. Because, so it, yeah, it, it's very cool. And I'm not sure what car I've seen it on before, but I haven't seen it on a car like this. This car is getting, uh, here it is. Uh, you can find this car, again, Road and Track has it, but everybody has it on Instagram. Just search for the new Porsche Speedster concept. You know, it's a, it's a little reminiscent of the Boxster concept when that first happened. Um, and uh, Grant Larson made that car. This car is. Amazing. And everybody wants to know, first of all, which I'm sure you guys don't know yet, how many are they going to make? Are they going to be Are they gonna be enough? Because I think some of the people are hating on it because they're like, I'm never going to be able to get this. Right. So I'm just going to. But when I looked at this thing, I think when all of us looked at this thing, we kind of lost our mind. I mean, first of all, here's the first question. How much of this concept do we think will make it into the actual production car if there is a production car, which I'm sure you can't confirm. <laughs> but what is, what is your opinion about that on a concept car, specifically this one? And, Jeff, here's here's this gas cap. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. No, that's definitely definitely like the early, even the 906 had that gas cap. Yeah. And the, and the cool thing is that you always know when it's locked because it's centered so that the oh. air moves over it, the least resistance. So that, that was on the 906? That was on the 906. It was on the, uh, you know, early... Are any center fill cars, the yeah, RSRs yeah. and those? What um, a beautiful yeah. design detail. And, yeah. you know, I think I remember talking to the Porsche designers going, how do you design emotion? Yeah. And one of the things they said is we take cues from these older cars and we put them in the modern cars. So when we get into them and that's the bullet mirrors and this little Super gas cool. cap are making yeah. me crazy. No, I think that I was first looked at those mirrors. I go, wow, this is so cool. And I think that's what's so great about Porsche is they have such a history to draw upon that really makes a difference. So even when they're producing a modern car, they can use design elements like that that have a story to it, can tell that story. And then to your you know, point about it, you know, show cars and evolving, really the Boxster was a perfect example of a show car that evolved really nicely yes. into the production car and continues to evolve really nice as it, it has does. today. So, um, but it did I, change a bit. Yeah. It wasn't exactly like this. Yeah. And this is probably going to be some sort of limited edition car, right, with a significant number, <laughs> 70, <Yeah>. 356, <laughs> 911. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Personally, I would like 2,911. Uh, never that much. <laughs> <laughs> but what what do you know about this concept car? Do you, do you, were you aware of it before it came out? Do they do they fill you in on that? These other departments? 
No, no, I'm too far away <laughs> off the headquarters. <laughs> so you're based out here. Yeah. Well, what do you think when you saw the car? What did you think? I think we made uh, um, a similar one in uh, 997. Um, yes. I can yeah. remember. Yeah. And, um, the 997 Speedster. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Except, it, you know, that car was a little underpowered. That, yeah. that didn't yeah. have the power that this car has. Yeah, I think this the first one was 993 engine in it. And um, um, I think that's the that's best combination. Right. Yeah. It, it appears that it also has a manual transmission in it as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. That would be know. awesome. Be awesome. Yeah, there it and is. And I think the Speedsters kind of started with 964, didn't they? Yep, yeah, yeah, that's right. So it was kind of has evolved that every kind of you know model has had a Speedster represent it. So there are three 993 Speedsters, yeah, I believe. Yeah. I thought I read that stat last night. Jerry had one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he sold it. I yeah. think he sold it in a moment of weakness. Not I gotta realizing. say, when this one hit the you know airwaves yesterday, oh, it huge. was uh, it, it's so sleek and cool looking. So well, ev when you when you badge a car with an iconic name, GTO, Speedster, everybody goes bonkers because it because you know you're going to buy something, you're probably going to make money on the car. You've got something of value that's going to then travel with you through history and. You know, the, the only move is to make this car in limited numbers and make it special and, you know, just give the guys who are going to be able to buy it a choice of what number to put on the side yeah. of it. Now, I've heard that I'm getting one. <laughs> I heard go. last night there you go. that I have one. I don't, know that I'm, I don't know that I'm getting it for a reasonable price, though. <laughs> I think I'm going to yeah, be. Yeah, you can, you can get anything you want. <laughs> I was talking to uh, Dean Maroney, who uh, is our Porsche pusher. And he said that, that he's got us on the list for one. Good. But I've seen that fall apart many times, mm -hmm. many times. And, you know, I'll believe it when our GT2 RS gets delivered. We're supposed to be getting one of those later this year. Good. And right now I'm enjoying a GT3 Touring that we just took delivery on at Chalk with Black Wheels. It's a little reminiscent of this that James and I just drove down here. And that car is spectacular. That's really awesome. special, really fun, very, very fast, and so interesting to get reacquainted with a manual gearbox again. <laughs> That you know, it, it, with a sh with a shifting feel that feels like the 911R. Yeah, it doesn't sound like one, yeah. and it doesn't feel like one on the tires. Tires feel a little fatter, but it's a special car, and I'm and I'm really loving it. That's good. Really loving it. All right, Porsche Motorsport, give us the pitch. What? Where are you? What do you do? What can we buy from you? What can we bring to you and get fixed? Give us the whole story. If first of all we we have. Um, a motorsports pyramid, let's say it this way, and um, we have different levels, and for every level, we also have different products. So you, you can start with a GT4 track day car, for example, that's the entrance level, and then you can step up w uh, with a GT4 um, competition. It's more competitive or more um, performant. Um, the um, well-known um, cup car, the 911 cup car, so that's. Um, um, in, in the past, our core business and um, the first race car we, we established in the market um, for, for customer racing. Um, so, if so just let me uh, stop you there because I've always wondered mm -hmm. this. I decide I want to get out in the track every weekend and I want to buy a race car. Do mm -hmm. I just go to my Porsche dealer? How, who do I contact about buying this car? Because I, I don't think I've ever been online and see a build-your-own-race-car mm -hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. how how do I do that? Uh, we already started um, the car configurator. So um, if you are 
uh, aware about our car configurator for the street cars. Um, we are intending to have these car configurators as well um, for the race cars. Oh boy, that's and big news. That's so, fantastic. So yeah. I could tonight light up a Cuban cigar and build a race car that yeah. you could then make. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and um, you, you can order these cars um, directly here at Porsche Motorsports North America. And, and um, where where is that? That's right here at the Experience Center, or yeah. is that's that's exactly here our headquarter in North America, the Experience Center. So we we share this um, building with the Experience Center on the. Um, Right-hand side, um, we have the motorsports department, and on the left-hand side, we have the experience center. Wow, that's exciting. So what are the cars I can buy? The GT4 competition, the cup car? Is there an yeah. RSR in there? Uh, no, a GT3R. Um, GT3R. It's, it's the highest level. Right. Um, for um, The RSR isn't... Um, um, for customer racing here in America. So um, we have some RSR um, cars for customers. Um, uh, in, they are running in the WEC. Um, but here in America, we don't support these cars. Um, right. The reason for that is um, normally you drive as a customer against factory-supported um, um, cars or factory um, cars. And um, they are very strong. And it's... Um, it's pretty hard to compete against um, these um, factories. And um, I think my first goal is having uh, happy customers. Happy customers uh, you will have if they are competitive and they have um, the chance to, to win. Um, but with um, these series we have here in America, it's, it's from my perspective, not, not really possible. <clears throat> wow, that's pretty cool. You know, because we have all these clubs now, like Mon Monticello mm -hmm. and Thermal Club, and they've got hangers, and they've got a racetrack. Now you can go and just get your car and spec it out the way you want it. And the configurator is live right now? Um, no, not yet, but we, but we are working on that. And, and, and so I'll be able to find that through Porsche.com. Yep. Boy. That yeah. would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm curious, will they have paint to sample for your cup car? Because <laughs> I'd order a cup car and paint to sample. Then color is That good. really is honestly most of the fun is just, you know, letting everybody get out there and build something. And, yeah. you know, even if you can't afford this thing, start dreaming about yeah, it. Start well, working towards good. it because mm -hmm. that's where it begins, that desire. It's, Boy, it's, that's neat. And, you know, to really put motorsport in perspective for Porsche is that I think that Porsche will say that they had – have had 30,000 victories in their history. Yeah. And I think half of those victories have been with 911s. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, I got to feel like when I won the autocross in college in my 9146, <coughs> they didn't even count that as a victory. <laughs> so there's probably way more than 30,000 victories. How Now in the 911 in the race cars, are we moving the engine a little forward? Are we trying to get it more mid-engined? Where, where, where are we with positioning in those cars? The, the position is exactly the same as for, for the streetcars. Um, so the streetcar is, is a basis, it's a homologation basis, and we don't cha uh, haven't changed anything um, with that. With the RSI, it's a little bit different. There we changed or rot rotated uh, the, the drivetrain. So there it's um, a mid-engine car. Wow. And that's also probably um, the reason for for the success of the car. And um, lots of customers are giving me a call and want to have one of these 911 mid-engine cars. It's very <laughs> unique. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's mm. where the, you have the nice balance, right? You've got an equal weight mm. distribution. Is there any racing series that you'd like to get involved in that Porsche isn't currently involved in? Yeah, here in North America, we are involved in nearly every <coughs> uh, race series. And um, 
we, uh, we, have, we start at the club sport level with PCA, for example. Porsche Club of America is one of the largest um, uh, Porsche clubs worldwide with more than 100,000 members. And we, uh, there we have more than uh, 3,000 um, activities uh, in, in a year. So there's lots of racing um, on this club uh, and um, this is a, the entrance level um, for, for racing. And uh, then we, we have established a development ladder so that you can step up um, from series to series. And um, one of these is, is a trophy. So that's the starting point of, of racing with, with the technical regulation. And that's pretty close to, to normal um, racing. And um, the next level is a challenge. We are working on Carrier Cup North America. That's um, mm -hmm. missing, still missing here in America. Mm -hmm. So the, the the goal is to establish and start it in to, um, 2020. And, and that would be like the Ferrari Challenge Series? Is No, it's above that. Um, so a challenge is just one level. And um, after the challenge, so, so you, you start with a trophy, then you um, move up um, to a challenge. And the top level is a Carrier Cup uh, okay. for, for our cool. um, Porsche racing. Yeah, and uh, after the career cup, that's very um, performance orientated. So um, youngster, or talented um, racers, they shall compete there, and that's um, the preparation for the open competition. And that's uh, the next level. So you can go into open competition. That means you you are racing against other brands um, with um, Pirelli World Challenge, for example, or with IMSA. And there are lots of different opportunities to, to wow. compete with other brands. What do you get, Swart? I just have to remind Daniel, there also is a special thing happening this year at Pikes Peak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I was going to get there. Because yeah, I knew you can't talk yeah, racing yeah, the question. without so talking thought, about Pikes Peak. <laughs> give it to us. Tell us what's up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pikes Peak is for us. Um, um, the, the events I already told, these are standard events, so it's um, um, every year, um, it happens every year and um, the, uh, the next um, very important topic for us are special events and Pikes Peak of course is one of these special events and um, Pikes Peak is for me a little bit rally um, in the past more than today and um, for me um, it's important to, to link the GT4 with, um, with Pikes Peak because I think the GT4 is a perfect car for Pikes Peak for this kind of racing because it's very safe, it's very easy to handle. Um, the track is pretty safe. and yep. um, <laughs> Pretty safe. <laughs> Just cliffs <laughs> and 10-story drop. <laughs> now, are you, are you going to race a GT4 up there? Actually, I was brought in to coach the class. So I okay. have uh, eight teams that I'm looking after <laughs> this year. No way. And a uh, variety of... Uh, you know, levels of driving in there. And Did I uh, see some of this online somewhere? Or is yeah, that you I and C.J. Wilson? Yeah, I posted stuff last week, and I was with Travis Pastrana. And oh, Travis Wilson. Pastrana. Yeah. And yeah. C.J. too. So we've got those yeah. guys. <laughs> J.R. Hildebrand just came on board. Oh, and my so, gosh. So we've got a, a really kind of an all-star lineup in that group, and it should be good. And, you know, Pikes Peak is a wild card. You know, you get somebody who's just comfortable there. That means a lot, how fast yeah. you can go. And uh, <laughs> it'll really kind oh, of separate people. But the main thing for us is that this is another place to kind of demonstrate how capable the GT4 is, the club sport, and how versatile it is at the same time. So to be able to go run the second oldest race in America, a race that's known around the world, 
and go up there and drive it in a club sport, be safe about it, learn it, and be on the same road with Romain Dumas this year and people oh like you know, Reese Millen and all these guys yeah. that have so many records there, <clears throat> be on that same road with them. It's a pretty cool experience. And I think, as Daniel says, this is kind of an experience motorsport situation where it's put together as a whole package where you're there for the week and you get to experience not just the mountain but the whole area. When you're given instruction, don't you just want to get in the car and just blow the doors oh, off yeah. of everybody? Yeah. I had a funny moment in <laughs> early in the morning where I was, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning and the driver's meeting is getting ready to go. And I saw somebody walk by and I was standing between the trailers and I thought, oh, i got to get my driver's suit on. <laughs> so for the first time it caught me because I've been there 16 years yeah. and this is the first time I'm not competing. Oh my gosh. So. Well, it's C.J. Wilson and Travis Pastrana. That's already a lot of insanity on yeah, that hill. Yeah, Those no, guys. Really and Travis seems to have, <clears throat> I see him like, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Excuse me, you have to cut that one out. <clears throat> I see Travis flying through the air on a motorcycle, and then I'll check in with him a week later, and he's in a hospital bed. <laughs> and then I'll see him in a car doing jumps, and then oh, he's in a neck brace the yeah. next week. <clears throat> I was doing hill climbs yeah. with you guys. <laughs> no, it's great. And I, I raced with Travis in the rally championship in 2005, I think was the last time. And to be up there on the mountain, he really hasn't How changed How old is at he all. right now? How old is Travis? He's still only 20. He's still only 20, <laughs> so he still has no fear. Yeah, for sure. Boy, that's and CJ also. He's yeah. just that, you know, major league ball player, pitcher, just stone-faced. Yeah. But he gets on a racetrack, and he's a competitor, he, right? And he's totally yeah. methodical about it. Yeah. And we were talking about how Very pitch, intelligent pitching driver. relates to his mindset and pitching and to driving. So it was, it was really... Well, uh, I asked him that when I first met him. I said, look, no offense, you're not the biggest guy I've seen to be on a major league baseball. How do you do it? And he said, I'm a very cerebral pitcher. Yeah. And he goes, I have a photographic memory. So when Big Poppy gets up, I know how he swings. The swing goes up like this or down like that. And I remember and I throw the opposite cosine or sign. And, and I went, boy, there's a really smart yeah. human there. Doesn't yeah. look like it. CJ, if you're listening, comb your hair, please. <laughs> comb your hair for all of us before you take those Instagram pics. And much love to your family. And good luck up on the hill with, with Zwart teaching you how can you go wrong. But it's a lot to live up to, my friend. I hope uh, you, you look at Sensei's drive times and you beat them. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you're going you're gonna to catch a lot of hell for me. Anyway, fellas, we've had a great time here today. Saturday morning here. We've shared the, uh, the Porsche experience with everyone in the United States who can't get out here. A lot of people around the world who are listening now. Uh, hello to you from Spike's Car Radio. We always keep this chair open for you. And uh, if you do have a chance, we have uh, two Porsche Experience Centers, one here in Carson, California. Which, James, what did, how long did it take us to get down here from L.A.? Took about... 35 minutes. Well, 35 minutes south of L.A., and the other one is in Atlanta, in Georgia, Atlanta. Yeah. right? So right at the airport. So right at the airport, it. right. Yeah. You land. If you like Porsches, um, if you can't afford a Porsche right now, you, you pay a few hundred dollars, they're going to put you in a car with, a, with an instructor and then show you the line of their uh, drive track here. It's really fun. There's also a lot of safety courses you can take. Um, I was here recently and learned how to manage an all-wheel drive car and a skid, which, you know, I'm Mr. Big Shot. I thought I knew what I was doing. And they were like, no, you're turning exactly the wrong way. <laughs> you know, turn away from the spin, you turn into it or something like that. And it was really fun, and I, and I learned a lot. And, and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. It's the 70th anniversary of Porsche, so uh, put up those Porsche trees. 
Sports car together. Go sports to your together. sports car together experience wherever you see them. They are across America at the dealerships. You know, keep an eye out and you'll, you'll hear about it. Um, <clears throat> if you want to catch up with me, I'm going to be in Monterey for the Pebble Beach Concours. I'm hosting a forum on Friday and Saturday. I don't think tickets are for sale yet, but I'm doing Jerry Seinfeld on Friday night. We're going to do a... Uh, it's Friday morning. We're going to do... Not only talk about Porsches, but talk about the new Netflix season of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Saturday morning, I'm doing Michael Strahan, who I met at the Pebble Beach Concours and is a car guy, a uh, Porsche fan as well. And we're going to talk about his car collecting. All the tickets sold, all the money that's sold goes to charity up there in Monterey. So um, keep an eye on the Pebble Beach Concours tickets and website and um, buy those tickets up fast because they do sell out. Gentlemen, very nice to meet you, Dan. Very nice to see you again, Jeff. Thank you. And have you back here. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we go? Websites? No, no just I mean, uh, Rensport is obviously kind of the focal point this year for Porsche. Yeah. It is all things motorsport, which is what Daniel's yeah. about here in North America. So tying all that together should be great. And I uh, always love being on the show. It's always a little different. And I, li- <laughs> I like this substitute. And we've got the substitute, Zuckerman. <laughs> if you're, generation. If you're looking for uh, a race car... The, con- the Porsche race car configurator is going to be live soon, guys. Can you imagine how many hours we're going to be wasting on that? Building cars, building race cars, which we can't do. It's all awesome. Ren Sport, just so you know, is in Monterey. So you book your motel room, you get your ticket, you go watch these cars go around the track. You're going to love it. And before we go, James, do you want to give us a little more of your Zuckerman? Because everybody misses Zuckerman when he's not here. Not here go to a birthday party instead of come here. <laughs> that's pretty good. Give us one more demoni. Give me the money. That's that's Zuckerman's catchphrase. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. It confuses me. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if true price is a great price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy new or used, that's right, new or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.